Tonight I'm telling a story about that time when I came home from work and there was a bunch of dirty dishes in my bed. I'm going to get into terms of agreement. You know those things we just press okay with to get free Wi-Fi? Well, a company in, I'm going to guess, America got thousands of free volunteer hours from it. And last but not least, I want to ask you, big fish, small pond, or small pond, big fish, what do you like? Let's get into it. Okay, so up first, TNCs. How many times have you just hit agree, oh, yeah, I'm cool with it, to uh, terms and conditions? You know, those things that pop up on Facebook or websites where it's like, before you can move forward, you have to agree to our terms and conditions before you get our service. It's usually a free Wi-Fi thing for me. Anyway, a company called Purple in the States decided to do like this quick little test of, hey, do people actually read this stuff? To which I'm like, no, of course people don't read this stuff. Anyway, they put in this clause in the terms and conditions for free Wi-Fi that if you said yes, you actually owe them a 1,000 hours of volunteer service, which could be anything from cleaning toilets to picking up dog poop, all that crazy stuff. And the CEO was like, hey, this is a huge deal. People aren't reading this stuff. To which I'm like, duh. Like when's the last time you spent time even looking at that stuff? We all hear horror stories, right? Like, oh, they could come and take your house away or, you know, you, you, you could lose your identity or whatever it is because you've just given away yourself to be on Facebook or whatever it is. But I blame, I blame the companies. Like, no one's going to read iTunes 79 pages of terms and conditions just so they can use iTunes, right? You value your time more than that. I hope you value your life more than that. I blame these companies. There's got to be a better way to do it. Where they can just say in layman's terms, hey, we're going to use this, we're going to take this, and if you say yes, you give us access to this. Somebody help me out here. I can't be lost in this, right? And please call in if you have ever spent time reading the terms and conditions on anything that has to do with free Wi-Fi. So would you rather be a big fish in a small pond or a small fish in a big pond? I feel like this debate will rage on forever. Because there are very obvious advantages to both. Now, I live in Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada, a town of about 250-ish thousand people, which we consider quite small when we look at Toronto or New York City or LA or Mexico City, whatever. And people make fun of it. People make fun of it because for whatever reason, we're behind the times by like three to five years in almost everything. And so people say, hey, why don't you move to a bigger city, Greg? Because then you can have you know bigger shopping malls or, or, or faster internet or whatever it ends up being. I don't know. But that's all nice and, and great, right? You know, like who wouldn't want an Ikea in their city? But in the same breath, like what am I giving up, right? Like my folks live in a city of Calgary, which is one point-ish million people. And they spend one to two plus hours in traffic every day. Where here in my small, my small city, it's about 15 minutes max. Right? I get I get longer days. I lived in a small town once of a thousand people. And I remember thinking to myself, like, oh, I, I need, I'm gonna be late for this thing. Then I'm like, no, there's a thousand people in this town, you won't be late. And you can actually leave for something like two minutes before it starts to be there on time. Right? So your days are fuller of the things and the people that you actually care about. So there's always like this contrast, right? Like if you want a job and you want to be in Silicon Valley, well, you know, you probably need to go to Silicon Valley to do that. But I, 
I always wrestle with this. I always wrestle with wanting to live in New York City and being in the, the buzz and being around people that just want to drive and do things and, and make it happen. But then I think about what I want to do on the weekends and I want to spend time with my friends. And it's just, it's so easy to get to know good people in a city like Regina. What would you pick? Big fish? Small fish? I mean, if I'm picking it in the summertime, I'm picking big fish and chips. Okay, this one is a story about the time where my passive-aggressive roommate lost his mind. And tonight, what prompts the story, you ask? Well, my neighbor has two dogs or a dog, and it's been dumping all over my front yard. And I remember how my na- my neighbor is quite passive-aggressive as well. It doesn't really tell me what he thinks. And so I'm like, uh, I'm going to have to go have a conversation with this guy. And I'm not going to know how he feels. I'm just going to tell him to stop making his dog dump on my lawn. Anyway... I used to live in a house with, uh, I think it was three other guys. And it was a small old farmhouse. And my roommate was this guy who never said anything outside of like, hey, my day's fine. Don't worry about me. Kind of a, like, a strange eccentric guy would sit and watch Xbox or play Xbox all day. And he'd have chewing tobacco all the time. right? He had like this jar where he would just spit his, his residue in. And it would spill over the carpet and be disgusting. Anyway, we never really figured out between the four of us a a rule around dishes. And I know what you're saying. Like the rule should be do your own dishes. Except it never was. We would all kind of do each other's dishes and take turns. But we'd never kind of say whose turn it was. Well, I was working a serving job and it was getting very busy. It was taking all my time. And I guess I didn't do the dishes for a while. And so I came home one day after a late shift and went up to my room And you won't believe this, but every single dirty dish was in my bed. Stuck on food, like milk in the glasses, like disgusting utensils. You name it. It it was all there. And I was just dumbfounded that that was up there. Then I'm like, oh my goodness, something's wrong. And so I went downstairs and confronted this person. And he's like, you need to do the dishes. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, you couldn't have just said that? <laughs> like, you could have just said, hey, it's, you need to do the dishes because you've been absent in this place. But no, it's like, they went, he went from zero to 100 very, very fast. And I laugh to this day about it because, like, what a strange thing. Like, do you guys know anyone that's passive aggressive to that point where they just, like, be like Mount St. Helens and boom, just blow up out of nowhere? And it's like, whoa, buddy, like, just just chat with me like talk walk me through this how you feeling that's me and that's today i apologize if i sounded a little bit tired today i'm on my way to new brunswick it's a it's a red eye i'm flying at 1 a.m in the morning to toronto then to new brunswick and it's gonna be i'm not actually looking forward to it i've got my earplugs my eye mask and I'm sneaking on some melatonin on the plane too, because hopefully, hopefully this isn't the worst time of my life. If you're just tuning into this for the first time, this is 100 Days of Anchor, where I commit to doing 100 days straight of this sort of thing here, where I tell stories. I'm trying to learn to tell better stories, to enunciate, and to get better at public speaking. And this is my this is my my effort to do this. So if you're listening to this, I appreciate you being along for the ride. And I promise that tomorrow will be interesting because I'll probably be exhausted and tell some wild stories about what the McLobster tastes like because that's a real thing. Anyway, ciao for now. Hey, we're live from the East Coast. It's me, Greg, from New Brunswick. St. Stephen, New Brunswick, actually. I was born here and lived here for three months. But you don't care about that. You want to know what we're talking about tonight. 
Tonight, we're diving into Game of Thrones, Gwen Stefani, and a little bit about economics and why I think New Brunswick has the happiest people on earth. Let's get into it. Hey, we're live from the East Coast. It's me, Greg, from New Brunswick. St. Stephen, New Brunswick, actually. I was born here and lived here for three months. But you don't care about that. You want to know what we're talking about tonight. Tonight, we're diving into Game of Thrones, Gwen Stefani, and a little bit about economics and why I think New Brunswick has the happiest people on Earth. Let's get into it. Okay, up first, let's chat about the happiest people on the planet. Now, I currently reside in Saskatchewan, Canada, which is full of great down-to-earth, amazing people. But flying into St. Stephen, New Brunswick today, or St. John, New Brunswick, I realized New Brunswick is a fantastic hidden gem of Canada. Like, these people are incredible. Like, everyone's asking me about my day and how my daughter is and how my flight was. And when I walked into the airport, it was like a family reunion. Like, everyone here is just, like, friends and family. And they all speak French, and there's amazing things to do. Great seafood. I, and an interesting economy, too. Like, back where I live in Saskatchewan, and I know if you listen to this in New York City or L.A. in our bigger center, it's even worse. But you can't get a starter home for less than $300,000. Well, here in New Brunswick, you can get an incredible two-story home with a detached garage on nine acres of land that are fully landscaped, attached to the Bay of Fundy, with and it's got vineyards and raspberry bushes and everything for three hundred thousand dollars. Now that is a lesson in economics. That makes me want to sell my house where and retire out here on the East Coast, where things are way cheaper. <sighs> but first, you gotta hit it big. Can we talk about Game of Thrones for just one minute? Now the new season comes out on HBO any day now and the internet is on fire talking about it and how excited they are and how their lives are going to be different. When the first show came out on HBO, I remember watching it thinking, hey, this is kind of neat and interesting. I'm sure there's some cool storylines here, which inspired me to read the books. So I read the first four books and I tried to read the fifth book. And you know what I discovered? These books are really dark and depressing. Like, I can't cheer for anyone in these books because everyone dies, which, you know, of course, is part of the appeal, right? Like, who's going to win? Well, no one's safe. And I could read one chapter and the person that I was invested in was dead. But you know what I realized? Like, seven books is a lot of my time to invest in a story that's really doesn't make me feel better at the end of the day. And then I started watching the show a second time and I realized I actually don't think this show was that good. And, you know, I, I realize that I'm the minority in this and that people are going to, like, just kind of rail against me. You're going to call and say, hey, you, you don't know what you're talking about. But, like, I'm like, yeah, Game of Thrones is fine. You know, it's a good story, but I feel like it gets way too much credit for being dark. You know, like, hey, this this, this show's dark and, and unpredictable and, and we all love it because we don't know what's going to happen next. But I'm kind of like, yeah, I feel like there could be smarter stories out there. Am I wrong in that? Am I wrong on that, really? Let me know.
And my last take tonight comes back to celebrity. So in Saskatchewan every year, close to Regina, there's a festival called Country Thunder, which is a massive, massive country festival. And if you've ever been to an outdoor music festival, it's on par with that. Like they have like the biggest names in country, Blake Shelton, Garth Brooks, Luke Bryant. Like I'm, I'm, I'm really reaching here because I have no idea about country music. But what I thought was funny was like last night, Gwen Stefani of no doubt fame was there i guess her son i think is involved with country music and she didn't tell anyone but she was there and so if you followed her snapchat story she was at country thunder which is which is kind of a big deal for regina because we don't get a lot of celebrities but what was really interesting was how people were bragging about being around gwen stefani like, hey, I saw her or, quote, we hung out or whatever it was. And I don't think a lot of people actually spent real time with her. But isn't it funny that in today's world, me spending time with a celebrity somehow increases my value? It increases my social cachet, right? Like I can say, hey, I spent time with Gwen Stefani or you can fill in the blank celebrity. And I can put that on social media and therefore I'm somehow worth more than I was before that. Like this is, I think, always been the case with us. But now that social media is such a like a huge part of our society, it's strange, right? Because yeah, like you were in the same place as so and so, and we always say pics or didn't happen, right? So we take a picture and we can prove that it happened, and then people give us credit for, hey, actually, you you were there. That's that's great. But like, does that actually change anything? Does people knowing that I was around a celebrity or maybe I had a good interaction with a celebrity, does that change anything? Like I had a good friend who actually hung out with Richard Branson, but it doesn't like he's not bragging about it on social media, right? He's got a photo that's on his own, like whatever. He was there, but you know, he's not trying to increase his value because he already knows his value. I think it's funny in our celebrity society and in our social media society, what we'll do and what we'll sacrifice even to get the shot or to tell the story to say, hey, guess what? Guess where I was. I want us to like be just be more secure in, in the moment. I'm reminded of a story or a photo I saw of it was, like, it was a concert or a big event on the internet and there was a bunch of people taking photos, all their photos out and it, the, the tagline said live in the moment and it was an old woman just staring and she was the only one without a phone trying to capture the moment and I just thought, you know, like, hey, we need to do that more. We need to live in the moment because there was a time where I actually took a tour of the Palace of Versailles out by Paris and I was so caught up in wanting to capture the moment that I spent my whole time trying to record every square nook of every square room in that whole palace. Only to come out realizing that, hey, this is kind of worthless, right? Like I don't remember anything really of the tour or where, of where I was because I was just trying to capture it all for no reason, like the share. Anyway, my challenge for tonight is live in the moment, right? If you are around a celebrity, that's great. Tell the story. But don't brag about it because it doesn't change how I see you. It doesn't change your worth. You are worth today what you were worth yesterday, which is a lot. And that's tonight. I'm on East Coast time now. I just lost three hours, left at my like 1 a.m. flight, and I'm still half functioning, which is, is it, which is really not true. I'm in my car studio. Tonight was a lot of fun. This week is going to be a lot of fun. I'm in Boston for a couple days. I'm all over the map here on the East Coast just trying to make the most of it. So I should have some good stories to tell. Thanks for tuning in. This is 100 Days of Anchor. This is where I'm trying my best to get better at this whole thing. I appreciate you listening, and I also appreciate your feedback and your comments. It means a lot to me, and also it gives me some, 
some content. I like that. Thanks for tuning in. I'm out.